Inform the Emperor that the Jedi Temple has been sealed. Yes, my lord. Annie? What? Uh, Annie! Little Annie! Jar Jar, I am no longer oh, Anakin Skywalker. These are some nice adults, you poopa! Jar Jar, it is hey. very important. Oh, oh, oh. That you never speak to me again. What's that happened to you? You burn your face? Jar Jar! Annie, poop Annie! What's that happened to you? Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Talking Far, Far Away, episode 17 here on the show. This episode, we're talking about a little comic release that just came out right around the corner this week. It's Star Wars Darth Vader, the new one. We're going to find out where the lightsaber came from, Scott, over in Scotland. Your overall thoughts on this comic so far? I know you and I were kind of talking before we went on air here. We have our moments in this comic that we're going to talk about. However, it's kind of cool in a way that we're going to be getting this story. Just your thoughts overall, though. Um, it was okay, I shall say. Um... There is conflicting thing about it. We were talking about it off air about just the first two pages, really. Uh-huh. Um, if you look at it. Um, so basically, Vision says you see Vader in the chamber, well, Anakin, Tony, Vader in that chamber with black armor. And then you see him kind of use the force against the Emperor. And then it it just kind of that didn't happen. You feel like that that, that never happened in the movie. I know this is canon. They're kind of expanding on some stuff, but it kind of feels a bit uh, no, because I, I don't believe that would happen. Because you, yeah. when you watch the movie, you really you don't find the Vader would have done that. You just saw him go no and standing yep. there, um, and then I don't want to say too much. Of it, I don't want to go into too much spoilers people haven't read it yet but then when you get that other scene and uh, and Vision Sith with the three Tarkin Palpatine and Vader standing on the Star Destroyer looking out seeing the Death Star get involved it feels it's not portraying that it, it, the timeline in this just doesn't sync with me really you're absolutely correct uh, again you and I talked about it before going on air here, let just let the people know some of the best conversations we have happened before here, and then they for, then they formulate right into the conversation here, which is great because I think you're right on on spot, Scott. I, I, those first couple pages, I'm just looking at it right now myself, and we of course see in Revenge of the Sith, we see um, that whole interaction between Vader and his new suit, and then we see Palpatine say, "You killed her in your anger." You know, we see that play out canon-wise. But then I'm just looking at the, the big scene where we have Vader and Palpatine, and he screams no, and Palpatine is thrown by the Force against the wall. That, that I mean, there's some things in here that did not play out cinematically in the canon that now they've transformed into the canon comic itself. And like you said, there are, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there are some gaps now. <laughs> there are some canon gaps created, and... I'm just going through it right now, and I'm looking at it. And you guys, if you've read it, open up your comic book right now and flip through it with me because there are just some interesting scenes. I mean, just to look at a positive here, I do like the scene where 
we're looking at the the main section of Coruscant, and um, we're, they're discussing how the Jedi will never be part of the galaxy again. Never again will we fear the Jedi. And it, it's kind of cool because then they burn the lightsaber. Sorry, that's a little spoilery, but I think we all knew that happened as Star Wars fans, that they were going to find a way to get rid of lightsabers. But Scott, it, you're so right when it comes to specifically the canon here in this comic book, in this specific issue. If you've read it, you know what we're talking about. There is a little bit of a gap here, and I feel like the Palpatine-Vader interaction, there's just a lot more that happened that we did not get cinematically. Yeah, I mean, it just feels about... It just feels about, you know... It just feels about lost, you know? It just feels like a wee bit of hiccup there, and it's quite... I mean... Fair enough, as I said before, this could have happened before Jurassic was cut out and they went, oh, maybe something did happen there. Everyone's a little dad or but to see him coming off that and then using the force, it's just like, that contradicts what's actually in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And that really goes like, well, this is where it kind of goes. But I'd be interested to hear what other people think about that as well, whether they think that maybe this did happen after that scene or this... Or it's just kind of damaged can a wee bit. I mean, oh. I'm very surprised that Pablo Hidalgo at Lucasfilm, all the story guys over there didn't go, well, you can't put that in there. Or maybe they I did agree to it. I don't know I was in that meeting. But, you know, it's in there now, so it's part of canon, and how does that affect it? But what I did like about this, and again, this ties back into the Soka novel, mm-hmm. It's about how the, the lightsabers become red. Yes. Yes, that is one of the best parts of this comic, is Palpatine explaining that basically, and again, turn this thing off if you haven't read it, because I'm going right into it now, Scott. I think we're at that point. Let's just talk about it here. Yeah. Um, that the lightsaber, it doesn't matter who handles it, what color it is. It is only through your fear and anger and everything that the blade turns red and that through that passion and that anger and everything that you are the one who controls the saber at that point. That part alone is just Star Wars nerd fandom exploding because that's exactly like you brought up the Ahsoka novel and kind of the story that we saw play out a little bit there was that we've kind of gotten some insight already to that. And I think it kind of makes sense for Star Wars fans that it really doesn't matter what saber you have. The color is determined by what you are as a force user in many ways. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you could have had Mace Windu's purple lightsaber. It still would have been red. It just doesn't matter, as you said. It could be anybody's. You wield it, and you turn it uh, red. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a soaker, then it goes white. <laughs> right, right. Unless you could a different story. But yeah, it was, it was really... And you could, even though you don't hear that, but you can you could, he says in this novel that the, the lightsabers are pretty much the crystals, the kyber crystals are very much alive and mm-hmm. uh, living. And you can see probably, like, if, if this was a live action animated of Rebels or Clone Wars or whatever, if you could actually hear the crystals scream in some way, mm-hmm. they actually hear them scream so badly that they'll get destroyed. That would have been amazing. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get that, but we did see this huge blue light. Um, so you know that they were they were in pain when they were being destroyed. 
Very true. I mean, there's just so much development in terms of kind of what we thought that this comic was going to do and what Star Wars kind of told us. Even before this comic came out, they kind of said, guess what? You're going to find out the origin of Vader's lightsaber and why it's red and everything. And I, I didn't expect to get that right away. I thought we were going to play that out a little bit. I didn't expect to have Palpatine say that right off the bat. I thought he would want to test Vader more before giving him that knowledge that that saber is, is, is determined by your own fate and its color is a direct representation of who you are as a Sith Lord. And Scott, one of the other things I want to talk about, and I'm on the fence about it, and I really haven't gotten your perspective on it, is towards the end of this comic, we don't get any clear idea of where Palpatine is sending him back to. However, to me, it looks like he's sending him back to Tatooine, the place of his anger and his frustrations and everything for him to kind of begin this journey on his own. And I'm going to be curious to hear what you thought, think on this. I thought that that end was a little out of place personally, because like you said, with the canon, we see Vader with Palpatine and then Tarkin aboard one of the Star Destroyers watching over the formation of the Death Star. And I can, I can understand in the canon where there is gap and there are time gaps between that. But at the same time, I, I kind of thought that the end of this comic was a little out of place for me. I love that last scene where he says, only this, you know, because the other person had to be sacrificed for him to continue his journey. What are your thoughts on it? Because I, I thought it was a little out of place myself. Well, I think, like, you know, yeah, it was a bit out of place, as you said. We've got that scene on the Death Star, though. Look, and that could... Think about it this way. That could be have been after he's done what Palpatine's asked him to do. Right. So we could see that in the comic. In the comic, and probably, I don't know if this is a limited issue or this is an ongoing... I would probably say this is a limited edition issue. Right. Uh, see. But I do like the fact he was able to change his visor inside his helmet, yeah. <laughs> which yes. is amazing, uh, to follow where the, where the ship that Palpatine left him had gone. So obviously that was his first task. But you're right, it did feel like a place. It's just like, ah, right. So he's he's on his way to find this ship, the taxi people who's got it. And then it just ends there. Yeah. But I, I do agree with you, I think. Maybe they're on Tatooine, and it's weird because he's on this. If that's the case, he's on the same planet as Obi Wan, unless Obi Wan hasn't arrived there just yet. Right. Oh, yes. And then you got that part of the canon to explain at that point. I see. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. Or yep. Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> there we go. Right. There's there's the other uh, tie-in that we could see at some point here. With what looks to be these people are scavengers in some ways. This looks like a shiphole. These are people who are carrying goods. Very well could be a Jakku. That's a really good point. I like your visor point. That is cool because we usually don't see the mechanism of Vader after the, you know, of course, Revenge of the Sith. We only knew that he had those red lenses heading into Rogue One. Cool to see that he can change that lens color. I mean, does that? Exp I mean, maybe there's some more there in terms of why his lenses are red in Rogue One and then in A New Hope. I don't know. Maybe we'll see something play out at some point. But that is a really cool feature. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, and it, pro probably might. Yeah, no, go right ahead. Yeah, it's, it's just going to jump on your point. Yeah, it's quite cool. Uh, my Vader helmet is only got red lenses, so I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, it's very cool to see that, and as you said, hopefully we get to see some more of that kind of thing in future comics. Now, 
I'm being a real picky McGee here when it comes to this comic book because I love the canon. And Scott, you know, you just came out with the canon timeline. People can head over to BrickCityBlockade.com and check that out. That is a great lineup of everything. And you had recently said to me before we went on that, you know, and, and this is interesting because with this Vader comic alone, uh, of course we had Vader down and all these other Vader-like series ahead of time. For you lining up that canon timeline, was that difficult at all? Because I know for fans that can be kind of hard when they come out with a, yet another comic book series with a similar name. It wasn't really that hard. I mean, like you, me, and Brian and a few others who read the canon stuff, we kind of know where it fits in. I mean, if you read the main novels, uh, Aftermath, Tron, Catalyst, Bloodline, etc., at the first few pages, they do give you the canon timeline of those main book series. And that's easy to follow. But if you go with like Lost Stars, Ahsoka, the comics, it doesn't fill that in for you. Mm-hmm. So it it was pretty easy to kind of go and fill it out, you know, where's this? But there was one thing I said to you when I was doing it was as when I wrote it up, I kind of put in I didn't want to get people confused with two Darth Vader comics. Now, we had the one that came out for about a year and a half, two years of the May date that piled along the same timeline as the first, as this current Star Wars run. And then when this came out, they did, the only place that really said what the title was, was Wikipedia. They seemed to have eyed it on, so it was Dark Lord of the Sith. I gave it to Brian, put it up, and then I noticed they didn't add that in. And I suggested to put that title back in with Darvina so right. it doesn't get people confused on what... Because if people look at Darvader and then Darvader as Star Wars, people could get confused about, well, how does this work? Is this, this is completely different to the comic? <laughs> so it's best to have at least a subtitle for this car. Right. And that's probably the whole thing with the canon here is that you know, as we keep moving here, you and I say it all the time, Scott, here, I'm talking far, far away. We don't have to really repeat it, but I'm going to anyway. Um, you know, the whole thing is that we're just going to keep getting more and more of these series. Uh, another great comparison is now suddenly with Screaming Citadel, I remember reading part two here, um, issue 31 of Star Wars. Uh, we're starting to see a lot of crossover. We're starting to see Afro with Han Solo and Luke. The canon is starting to fill in itself, and we're starting to see crossovers of characters into different things. Whether we see crossovers in this limited series, I don't know, because it seems like in the past with these, we have seen other characters come into play at some point, whether it's just for one issue or whether it's a couple issues. I don't know whether we're going to see that in this one. I think there's a lot of story between Palpatine and Vader here that they have to tell, but it's going to be really curious to see the way that this comic book leads you off, you're almost wondering, where is he going to go to next? And then, of course, at the, at the end of the comic here, there's that Kelvin and Hobbes-style uh, comic with Darth Vader. Let me just say, I love the humorous tones at the end. I think it's very well done. And just, I, I'm going to be honest with you, the picture of the choking um, <laughs> bridge guard there, or the bridge officer, uh, that might end up becoming my profile picture very soon because I think that, explains a lot of what's happening in the world today. Scott, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it was kind of weird jumping in, like, I'm reading this serious 
corner. <laughs> they adjusted to Petafi to get a like really cranky as there. As, as you said, Calvin Hall's kind of thing, where it's like somebody's interrupted him, oh, this isn't right, he chokes him to death. And it's like, he seems to do a lot of chucking this guy. <laughs> I mean, he did it. Uh, well, he kind of did a force choke in, in episode four, and then yeah, yeah. he definitely killed the Admiral in, episode, in Empire Strikes Back because he dropped out of light speed too soon towards Hall, so he just killed him. And then. I don't think, did he kill, did he force choke anybody in Return of the Jedi? We know he uh, kind of force choked. No, uh, interesting. Uh, he kind of force choked uh, Krennic mm. with his humour uh, saying, don't choke on your aspirations, director. <laughs> <laughs> kind of walked off. And you can see that some people are like, oh, does he really need to make a joke? But Vader, uh, only Vader can really do that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite funny. Um, my mate Ross, who I think you kind of know as well, um, he didn't like that. He, he just he didn't <laughs> like the fact that I was in there. He was just, because he was reading it, he was like, why did I also have to do this? Because, like, like, I mean, I'm currently reading the Power Ranger stuff as well, and that's kind of got the serious stuff, and then it just kind of goes to a comedy bit. And it's like, oh, you take us out of the comic. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just looking at this last page of this thing, and I think there's a subtle note in it. I mean, it's Vader sitting down. <laughs> there's, like, this trail of smoke with Choom and Scrunt, and he says, at last. I, I totally think that that's, like, a kid joke that's in there, kind of placed in there into the canon of uh, Calvin and Hobbes' Star Wars comics here. But the the mouse droid. Let's just talk about the mouse droid for a second, because... I don't know. I think it's hilarious that Vader is, it's like you said, it's like Calvin and Hobbes. Vader suddenly, like, Vader is Calvin and Hobbes is the mouse droid. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. And to be honest with you, it's kind of nice that they put it in there. With everything that I've said about it, it, it kind of, you know, it kind of lightens the tone a little bit when you have a dark comic that you can kind of go into the back and be like, huh, this is, this is kind of cool. This is like a different way of getting the fans engaged. You know what I mean? It kind of helps to de-stress just goes through like a series, but and like, oh my god, what's going to happen next? And then you read this, it's like, oh, everything's going to be fine. It's that kind of, as you said, everything going on in the world, you need that kind of nice, chilled, comedy bit. Nothing like a good Star Wars comic with the end having a subtle poop joke. That is some of the best (laughs) stuff you can have in this galaxy far, far away. Scott, I'm Jar Jar in this? <laughs> Misa, no, in it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you would think, you would think with that kind of joke in it, you'd think that Jar Jar would appear somewhere. But that's a discussion for a different time, though. That's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, Jar Jar appeared in the uh, debate. Then the I don't think it will happen. Oh, Harry, <laughs> look at your head. Why is it all burnt? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh man. We're looking for the next issue is on June 21st, so we'll see how Vader plays out heading forward here. Boy, oh boy, it's going to be an interesting... Let let us know your thoughts. We're going to be putting up a poll on Twitter very soon, just in time for you guys after you finish the comic this weekend, knowing your thoughts on the first issue of the Darth Vader comic. So head on over to our Twitter account, at BrickCitySWPC, and vote over there, and also head to BrickCityBlockade.com. 
to vote for whether you thought you liked the Vader comic, you didn't like it, uh, maybe even suggest a couple things that you'd like to see play out heading forward. It's all about you, the fans, and your thoughts. Scott, I think it's that time of the show. It's a little thing we like to call... Plug time. Plug time. Where can the good people find you across social media? You can find me on a lot of things called Facebook and on t- Twitter at scottish85 and go to our website and double check the canon timeline to help you with all your canon needs. Very cool. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Make sure to head on over to Instagram. Follow me at the official vote. Make sure to head on over to Facebook, like our page. Make sure to head on over to SoundCloud and iTunes. Subscribe, listen, and share. Also, make sure to check out, like Scott said, all the great articles, all the great timelines, all the great things happening with the collecting side over at BrookCityBlockade.com. And this weekend, we are going to be at the New Hampshire Fisher Cats right around the corner in Manchester, New Hampshire, for our first New England Star Wars meetup. So make sure to check that out. More information can be found at the New Hampshire Fisher Cats website and at, at milb.com slash nhfishercats. And also make sure to head on over to our website for more information. A lot of great stuff coming up. So thank you guys for listening to Talking Far, Far Away. As we always say here on the Podcast Network, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.